Welcome to Data Leadership for Everyone. I'm your host, Anthony Algman. Everyone needs to harness the power of data. There's a lot involved in making that happen, and this show is here to make it all a little bit easier. Think of this as an audio advice column for all your data and leadership questions. Our guest today is Gwen Thomas. Gwen is one of the original pioneers of data governance. Through her work with the Data Governance Institute, she influenced hundreds of programs around the globe. Now fresh off an in-house role at the World Bank Group, she's going to give us an exclusive on the next big thing as she sees it. Gwen, welcome to Data Leadership for Everyone. Well, thank you so much, my friend. (laughs) So uh, this is such a treat for me. And so let's just jump into it. What is the next big thing when it comes to data governance? So it depends upon which perspective you're talking about, who our audience is. Are we talking about current and future data leaders? Are we talking about the world as a whole? Are we talking about me? Um, I have answers for all three of those. But I think the other part of my intro was, what's the next best big thing and how do we talk about it? because how we talk about it is what really matters. Hint, that's the next big thing. Uh (laughs) So everyone's talking about AI, right? Chat Mm -hmm. GPT. And I think if you ask most people out in the world, is that the next big thing for data? They might say yes. They might. They might. They might. And I, the former college English teacher that I am, would say, hmm, let's parse that. What are we really talking about? Is that the next big thing for data, for data management, for data usage, for turning data into information, for creating a great big black box in which none of us have any idea how something is coming out of that black box? What are we talking about here? And that's really whether we're talking about this technology and how it's used, or whether we're talking about the next big thing in any of our work program, I think it's how we talk about it, how we label it, that really makes a difference in what our sponsors have to say, how successful we're going to be in our programs, and how safe we use, how safe we feel using the technology, the data processing, the data that we're using. So obviously I have some opinions about all of those. <laughs> what interests you, my friend? So I, the first thought that I have is, is this fundamentally a question about how we communicate or how we articulate what we're trying to do? Or have we still not solved the challenge around knowing what to do? Or, or, or where, does, where do those two relate? Well, that is a very good, good uh, point. And, you know, I'm a huge fan of frameworks. I, I think visually, I think spatially, I, I think in terms of there's got to be a spot for every, every little thought. And so that leads me to 
how is our thinking? Have we thought through what we're trying to do? And are our words informing ourselves interior, how we work with others, how we describe it? Here's the first big point. You go to a data conference, you, you talk with other data leaders, you ask them what the big thing is, Half of them will talk about the data itself and how amazing it is and what we can get from it and what we can do with it. And smack in the middle of the same conversation, others are talking about this technology and that data management practice and this and the other. And it is a complete mix up. Now, let's let's switch this around. Do you go, when you talk about solving world hunger, when you talk about food, when you talk about nutrition, wouldn't we all agree that farming and food transportation are actually separate but related topics? Wouldn't we think that the specialty of, of getting food out of a field and to another coast is a different specialty from deciding which variety of apples is healthier for you. Sure. Okay, data leaders, we stink at this. <laughs> we totally stink. When we have conversations about data, we throw it all in together as if farming, eating, and cooking are all the same thing. Mm -hmm. And they aren't. So it's hard for me to talk about any of this without coming back to what are the terms, what are we describing, and how is that informing what happens in here what happens between our teams, what message we're giving to vendors, what message we are giving to those who, who want to, we want them to benefit from our efforts. Okay, so precision, precision in language, separating ideas, and shining a light on what we're actually trying to do. Long answer. Short answer, no. No, we're not doing a good job about thinking mm -hmm. about what we're doing. We are having many conversations at once. Mm -hmm. oh, there's a lot to unpack here. And, and, I, and I really like the analogy of you know, providing food to people because you're right. There, there's completely different steps in that, that if you try to do all of them all at once and think through all of them all at once, you're actually not going to answer any of them versus exactly. if you segment it appropriately, then you can go into those specific areas. And I think that's very accurate when it comes to data. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Just because we're talking about communicating about data, doesn't mean we solved all of our, you know, data analytics problems and that AI is now we've, you know, working with good data underneath and it's making the right assertions and all of that, um, you know, and, and so it allows you to, to target the areas and focus in, an, in a grain at a level of detail that you can take action with. And I think that's exactly uh, what we need to be doing. So if we, if we want to talk, hey, 
we'll save some of the other problems for another day. We've only got a 25 minute show here. So let's focus on how we're talking about data, why it's not been effective in the past and, and what we should be doing differently in the future. And and this audience, you know, the people that watch the show or listen to the show on, on podcasts are everything from data professionals to technologists, to business leaders, to people that are using data, but are trying to elevate the impact they're making with it. And so choose that segment of the audience how you will. But broadly speaking, we're all trying to connect all of this data that we see surrounding all of us to the business outcomes that are ultimately going to drive success for us as individuals or our teams or our organizations as a whole. Absolutely. Absolutely. So someone needs to keep track of the entire ecosystem. Someone needs to manage the whole cycle, but when we're solving problems, we tend to be solving segments of the problem and the near adjacent ones also. So talking about data, is data itself that much different than it's ever been? Other than the fact we have more of it, we have we're expected to deal with more of it. We're supposed to expected to create more of it. But look, those last two statements, I just got into the farm and away from the food, didn't I? Yeah. It's, it's funny. You just got me thinking. For somebody who spends a whole lot of his time talking about data and, and data leadership and all this data stuff, I don't actually care that much about the data itself. It's not about the data, right? It's not, to me, the data is a means to an end. And if we focus on that means to an end, we might lose sight of the ends. We might lose sight of the beginning and the end. And and I think that's what you just alluded to is that we started to focus in an area that's not actually the important thing to be talking about here. And and so the data has a lot going on, but it's, it's not the point. The point of data is always something else, in my opinion. Data exists to be used, mm-hmm. used to create value, used for many purposes. But yeah, those calories, those, the, those food stuff exists to feed our organizations, to feed right. our indiv- individuals to for many, many purposes. And when a when it's time to prepare the banquet, when it's trying to feed the thousand people in the room, they don't want you to roll out the new combine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they they trust that somebody has the equipment. They trust that that back end activities have been going on. But listen, I've been doing this a long time. And I've lost track of the number of conversations where the people with the checkbook are sitting on one side of the conference table. And they think that the meeting is about how to get them the data they need to turn into information, to to perform the analytics, to make the decisions, to change the future of their organization. 
And instead, the other people, the other side of the table say, so if you'll write me a check for a new combine, then your problems will be solved. Right. You know, almost everyone in our discipline has fallen for that at one time or another. We've become such good farmers (laughs) that we lose track of the food. As you said, oh, how much do I actually care about the data? Or maybe you're in the part of the business where the apples have been picked, they're in the crates, and it's your job to get those crates to to their destination. And you are so good at it. You have your food supply chains, uh, like we have our information supply chains, and you're excellent about it. But if it weren't for the metadata, the label slapped on the box, you wouldn't really care what's in that. And so maybe this is one of the big next things. Maybe our discipline needs to go back to having true data advocates, those who are stand in for the users and really, really represent what is data used for, who is it used by, how can we improve what they have, And how can we manage risks for them? And you know what? If we're not careful, it's going to be chat GPT doing that. Because man, does it shoot out them apples. (laughs) Now, half of them may be poison. Half of them may be something else labeled as as apples. Um, Who knows? Because... There's no labeling to it. There's no attribution. There's no um, uh, categorizing of it. We don't know anything about the security around it. All of our basic data management disciplines, if they're happening, we don't know. Bad farming, bad farming, bad, bad farming. And yet, look at all them apples. Look at all them apples. You asked for it. It's here. I want to try to extend this analogy because I like the chat GPT thing because that's something that's on top of everybody's mind right now. And clearly when we feed it bad data, it's going to deliver bad insights, applications, whatever it is. Um, But kind of going back to the analogy and and tying back to something you said at the beginning of that is is so if we as data professionals, let's let's call ourselves the farmers in this particular analogy. We're going to grow in the food, the the data food, and then we can (laughs) set it on the trucks and then chat GPT can deliver it to people. Fine. A lot of the problem has been, okay, we can grow the food, but we don't necessarily know how to harvest the food. We never do metadata well enough. And it kind of sits around and then it gets bad and then we give it to chat gpt we're like hey make it good now and so like we're, we're not we're not helping this our, our supply chain expertise is nowhere near our food growing or our data growing expertise and what i'm seeing is like what we do need sometimes to harvest that data to be able to deliver to chat gpt or whatever in a reasonable amount of time is that combine 
we need that combine. It, it, is a, it is a thing that you need. However, to your earlier point, you go to an executive team and be like, hey, your data stinks. We need this combine. There's too many leaps there. There's too many disconnects. Yes, and so how do we bridge that in a world where we need to be more communicative because there's little glimpses of the power of all of this and people are starting to get more and more aware. Hey, there's a lot going on here that, that we want to have tap into. We want to tap into this power, but we don't know all of those details underneath it of here's how the, the whole supply chain works. They don't know all that. They just say, hey, look at this cool stuff ChatGPT spit out at me. Free apples. Cool. Yeah, Lots of apples. apples. Free yeah. apples. <laughs> so Obviously, from this conversation, you can tell I'm a big fan of metaphors. And let me take you back to the early days of cloud computing. Remember how the vendors came in hard. It made so much sense. And it was our peers, our data management peers, who were going, wait, wait. What, what, wait, wait. It was our job to articulate concerns, risks, lack of features. And having done so and done so well, the vendors spoke up. They stepped up. We now have the security we need. We have the detailed access controls. We have So many of our concerns have been met. But how did we do that? Not by explaining to um, executives what a technical control was or where in the architecture it needed to go. We used metaphors. Mm -hmm. The one I used so frequently was, how many bank robbery movies have you seen? Lots, 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 right? Okay. So those who are are selling us on the cloud are talking about how impenetrable their cloud is, their server farm. They've got that vault totally, totally locked down, right? Yes, they say it. They've done a better job of it than we ever could. That may be true. But now let's talk about the bank robbery movie. How often do the robbers attack the vault? What do they attack instead? What do they go after instead? Oh, it's always either the entrance to the vault, they overpower the guard, or they knock over the delivery truck, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so do you know what the delivery truck is in this case? It's all of the pipes that we build to go from our systems to the cloud. And if you look at the agreement, that's all our responsibility. None of theirs whatsoever. So maybe you have to look at it all together. And we have to ensure that the pipes getting to the cloud are nice and solid. Now, 
I don't know how many times I gave that speech, but every time the people in the room were doing exactly what you are. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, Gwen, so what do we have to go back to him for? Integration control, handoffs, the checks, the this. Ten years later, every system has that, right? Not because of me, but because many of us in the field used metaphor to describe a weakness in the data movement chain mm -hmm. that we needed to empower this. So what are the questions about chat GPT that we as data leaders should be articulating for our, our customers? We can't be saying you don't need apples. Of course not. You need the apples. Right. We, we can't suggest that automation is slower than how we've been doing it. No, it's faster. Of course it's faster. Mm -hmm. We articulate the lack of visibility, our inability to check the produce as it's coming through mm -hmm. to determine how useful, how healthy it is. And boy, now I'm circling about to those basic data management skills that all of us got started with and maybe handed over to newcomers to the field while we tackled big thorny problems. I Could think it be the price of big advance is also back to basics. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, it, it just, I think of this chat GPT as like the ultimate kind of book knowledge, but the, you know, book smarts, but not street smarts. Like there's no experiential understanding of what you should be asserting versus what you can assert. And so it just looks at the data and says, okay, here's what it is. We can work with that though. It's but just, what data do we know what it's looking at, where it's exactly. coming from, how good it is? Is it how timely is it? It's What's like a, it's it's like a blowhard that loves to hear themselves talk and and half of the answers are wrong, but you never know what the answers are. And so I think what we have to just like you like you mentioned with the the cloud computing, we have to push for better transparency on where did this information come from? How did you go and make these assertions? What is the level of confidence? It doesn't have to be all or nothing. It's okay to have a partial answer. Just be clear about it. People are like that all the time. It's like, I think I remember the actor in that movie was this person. And then you look back and like, oh, no, it wasn't that person at no, all. No, but you can right? say things like, I think there's middle ground that today ChatGPT is so just binary. It's like, here's what this thing is. Oh, yeah, it was all totally wrong because I made a bad assertion or the data was bad. But we have no visibility into that piece. And so if we can if we can say, hey, we need to have an assessment of true data quality. I mean, this is isn't this what data quality is really all about? Can we use the information being provided? Thank to me, you. that's where we have to focus if we want to make this truly useful and reliable. Obviously, these early iterations have been trained to believe they do not need to cite any sources. Yeah. Uh, to quote the dude, this will not stand. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we, we're in this particular next big thing is really big and really powerful. Mm 
and potentially valuable. And right now it is so risky that it frightens a lot of people. Mm-hmm. How's How- it going to get better? Only if folks like you and I articulate basic safety expectations for mm-hmm. the new tool. And maybe that, because I was just going to ask you, because this whole thing seems very heavy and very scary and like, oh, we've got the world on our shoulders again. Um, but what is what is that advice for like, okay, we're not going to solve all of this all at once. We've created something that is way out over its skis with with like the chat GPTs and some of these analytics tools or whatever. We just don't know what we don't know in some cases. How do we as individuals, the people, the kind of broad audience that listens to the show, how can we start moving things, stepping forward to getting towards those answers? What What is the next thing to do for, for a lot of these folks? So now I'm going to tie this into literacy in action. Mm-hmm. If we cannot directly train the tools, we train our audience. Mm. When we provide information for them, we don't just say, here's your apple. We say, here's your apple, and we've certified the quality this way, and we've certified its standards, and we've certified this, and here's where it came from, and we train our consumers to expect that sort of metadata, process metadata, to come along with the product. Let me ask you, when's the last time you went to the grocery store and bought a can that didn't have a label on it? Um, I think never. I think (laughs) never would be my answer. My grandparents, who were farmers in Indiana 100 years ago, Sure, they did, because their farm was, their neighborhood store was about the size of the room I'm in right now, and they knew where everything came from. They knew. If they're peaches, they knew they came from Gus's farm. If it's this, they knew that. But that's not the world we live in now. So we can help train our information consumers to be more demanding consumers. We show them, you don't just want something. You want something that you know what it is. And if our job is to be the farmers, to be the warehouse managers, to be the safety inspectors, to be the labelers, then do that with pride and mm-hmm. let let them know the service that we're providing. Let's not pretend that it's all about the ones and zeros and the John Smith instead of Gwen Thomas inside the little box. If we're not really doing that much with the data itself, but what we're doing is providing a safe and usable environment, safe and understandable environment, so that you as a consumer feel comfortable biting into that apple, then let's own it. Let's do it. We are doing it. Let's let's lay claim to it. 
that's that's amazing insights. And we're out of time, Gwen, but I this has been just mind expanding in, in, in many ways today is, is, you know, I learn about things at every show, but this has just gotten me thinking uh, much more broadly and, and bigger than, than I have been. And so uh, thank you for sharing your wisdom with us and, and just thank you for being on the show. It's been great talking with you. As always. Wonderful. I'll see you soon, my friend. Outstanding. Can't wait. And, and everybody, this podcast is data leadership for everyone. But if you need some data leadership for you, I want to help. Send your questions to podcast at dl4e1.com or my phone number is 773-888-2077 if you'd prefer to text or leave a voicemail. I'm happy to address a question on the show or connect for a one-on-one conversation. You can find subscription links in all our episodes at dataleadershipforeveryone.com. And until next time, be good to your data, be better to your business, and be best to each other. Now go make an impact. 